This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, a bonus show. 626 days ago, on February the 12th, 2020, was the last home win in front of fans. A 3-2 win against Derby County with the goal scorers Wells, Benkovic and Zizou. And yesterday, that was ended. We got a home win and the crowd went literally wild. Yesterday was a brilliant example of the fans carrying the team over the line. Pre-match, fans were allowed to pick the playlist for the Ashton Gate DJ. It was great to hear my pick of Enter Sandman by Metallica, as well as older classics like Hi-Ho, Silver Lining. But with the exception of a few understandable boos and frustration after going one goal down, the fans were superb yesterday. Matt, are you living the beautiful life this morning? Very good. So you've done there, yeah? Rick Astley quote. Very nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, I am. Thank you, Patch. Yeah, um, and you, you're right in terms of the fans. Um, wait, Carl, when you you talk about that, 626 days, incredible, absolutely incredible, isn't it? You know, you start talking years, and um, but yeah, it was all it was all about the result, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, good to see as well that I'd um, I'd had a listen to uh, Enter the Sandman <laughs> from you on the way back from where were we, Peterborough. Somewhere um, like that, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, nice that that was replayed, yeah. Won't Just to correct you as well, though, again, but... enter Sandman. Oh, well, there you go, see, yeah. Okay. Miss... I'm probably thinking of, um, yeah, the, the nighttime song, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, um, we've got a guest today, a returning guest in Lee Paul. Lee, your broad brushstroke of yesterday, please. Well, first and foremost, good to see you, Patch, and good to see you, Matt, as well. You too, and, Lee. Uh, good morning, mate. And, and thanks for uh, inviting me on again. It's, uh, it's great to listen to you every week, and so it's, it's also great to be part of this as well. Um, I think what you said, Patch, summed it up quite well. Um, yesterday, I think it was all about the result. Um, yes, it would be nice to have a, a great performance as well, but to get three points and to get, as people use the phrase, monkey off our back um, was brilliant. It was... I guess it was starting to become a bit of a self-filling prophecy that we go to home games and we we lose or draw. Um, but to, to go there now thinking that we've got that monkey off of that is just a relief. It really is. Absolutely. Matt, That um, the fact that we've now won at home, um, albeit a little bit dirty, but we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, that has reset the clock. That is no longer a mindset issue. That's something that's uh, always on the mind of the fans, of the players, of the management. Um, and we can just start start from now, really. I think, um, again, um, it's a really good point, Patch, because we feel it as fans. Um, you know, we live live and breathe it. But as the injury time went up and the the, the way we were playing... It's clear that our anxiety is matched by the players. And actually, listening to Nigel in his interview afterwards, but you could see it on the touchline, matched by him. And and it's understandable, isn't it? I mean, I as a, you know, I've I've coached at youth level, you've you've sort of both played in Lee's been involved in numerous games. You can understand when these records go on. And you know, my, my youth team went a season where we just didn't win a point because we lost a lot of players. And the anxiety every game you go behind. And you just sense, oh, this is it. Um, you know, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, 
a big correlate as well the fact that we went behind and we were right about the fans. Yes, there was some obvious discontent, but that was actually the manner we were playing. Um, but they were, I mean, you talk about 12th man, the, the last 15 minutes, mm. I had goosebumps. I had goosebumps where, you know, all corners of the ground, wouldn't it? You say about going behind, I don't know about you, Lee, but when we went behind, I thought we might have more of a chance of winning because we're not going ahead and holding on to it. So we're driving forward and we're trying to get the game back. So I thought that played to our advantage. It did. I mean, the crowd's reaction was interesting because there were a few boos, but actually um, uh, it was quite quiet rather than booing. And I think Nigel made that point in an interview um, after the game. He said it was quite interesting that that they didn't get on the backs of the players, although there was a there was discontentment. But mm. as you said, that adds to the motivation that um, I think the players thought not only are we going to get a stick from the fans before halftime, but during halftime, mm. uh, Mr Pearson may have a few choice words as well. And so, um, yeah, perhaps going goal behind was was to our advantage. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll come on to, to the, the coaching staff movements in the last week or so in a minute, Matt. But Nigel has now been on the dugout in the dugout for the last couple of games from the very start and he hasn't sat down really the whole time um what do you think of that and how is that what do you think has contributed towards that step change um I don't know I, I don't know in terms of why because it then kind of flies in the face of of what he said before about why he sits in the stands We've said right from the get-go, haven't we? We want to see our manager on the touchline. Um, he's also a manager that is very vocal, stops a play, he's calling players across and clearly direct them with what he wants to do during the passages of plays doing the same. So it's a no-brainer for me. And, and I, I do genuinely think it has an impact. You know, I really do. And yeah, I, I hope whether he does look to, to make further additions to his staff, I don't know, but... I'd like to see him stay there for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and Lee, coming to you, um, it was almost like a couple of basketball timeouts during the game, which which they could really do with at that point. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm going to say um, the same point with, with, that Matt was making. Before the game, um, I go in a supporters club with a group of friends and we were discussing this about Pearson uh, going on to the, the sideline. A couple of people felt it didn't matter and others... Uh, like myself, feel that, that it does. And yesterday, what I was quite interested to see is that uh, Nigel was quite animated on the sideline, particularly with the fourth official, um, with a couple of uh, dubious refereeing decisions. And of course, the reason why the Warnocks and Fergusons and all these kind of people do it is to try and get the next decision. And, um, and it's so important. And if you're up in the stand, you can't influence that as much. They're more likely to listen to a manager than say maybe an assistant manager. And so I and and as you said, he brought the players across a couple of times. It adds to the game. I I just don't understand. Maybe first half, I can understand being up in the stands, but second half where you can actually influence uh, things, I you know, it, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and particularly Matt, with the home situation and needed to get that win, we have there's there's no time to, to send the message via via Curtis Fleming to the players. He needs to be there. And I think that might have contributed to, to the reasons, really. Yeah, and, and also you've got the fact that, that Curtis Fleming will have his own thoughts. So if Nigel Pearson is saying something to him, but Curtis Fleming fundamentally doesn't agree or thinks something different, then you might get a bit of a mixed message. Or So, yeah, I, I'm 
you know, again, it's something we've said all season. I think it's the same from a captaincy point of view. I've got to be honest, Lee's point about it in with the ref. Dan Bentley can't have those conversations with the ref as the captain. So, all right, you, you do need the likes of your Matty James or whoever on the pitch, but it's another reason for me that I don't like a goalkeeper as captain. Um, not, not on the field, you know, it's just one of those things for me. It's interesting, uh, Matt, you said about that. When we went a goal down, did you see uh, Dan Bentley come out of his 18-yard uh, box and try and rejuvenate all the players yeah. and get them motivated? So, yeah. But that's the only time he can do that. He can't yeah. leave his 18-yard box. And, and to, to be fair, it was such a defensive shambles, that goal, that yeah. I expected him to call out. And and I, I wrote about it last week, that I want to see players calling each other out. I don't mean in a real in-your-face where it's going to result in something, but players need to take responsibility and you also need your mates to be saying to you, come on, you've got to be switched on there, what are you doing there? Um, is interesting because before their goal, I think thought it was really flat and, and I was really vocal where I sit in the south stand to Dan Bentley and I was saying, "You're come on, you're captain, you've got to get them going. Where, you know, where's the energy? He was talking that there. Um, and I'm not taking credit for him then saying something because he's vocal anyway, but... That's the bit for me. And and that goes back to your point about the anxiety patch. I think players do, you know, retreat in themselves, don't they? And they don't want to express and try different things in. So, yeah, it's just a massive, massive win. You can't understate it. It is a massive, massive win. Okay, let's have a look at the starting lineup. We go 4 3 1 2 um, yesterday. Dan Bentley, George Tanner, Thomas Callas, Rob Atkinson, Cam Pring is the first change, Matt, coming in for Jada Silva. Um, and then uh, Hanno Masengo, Matty James, Tyreek Backinson, um, Andy Vyman, Chris Martin, and Naki Wells. So Backinson coming into the starting lineup as well in place of effectively. Uh, well, Nathan Baker as the fifth man yep. in the defence. So your thoughts on that starting 11, Matt? Is that the 11 you'd have gone with? Um, I think with all things being equal with what we had, yes, it, it probably would have been. Um, certainly Cam coming in for Jay. I, I thought Jay was poor against West Brom and Cam came on in and put in a performance. So, you know, I think Nigel Pearson makes it clear. You come in, get the shirt, you know, you, you kind of keep it. Um, Tyreek's an interesting one. Um, I really like Tyreek. And again, some we've said is a big season for him. He really, really needs to cement a style of play and a position that he's going to make his own. So I was glad to see him coming because I think we do miss that physicality, both in terms of height and he's got that leggy sort of way about him, hasn't he? So I was I was pleased with the starting lineup. I've got to be honest, there wasn't anyone else I thought I'd, I'd bring him in. I mean, people talked about bringing Casey Palmer in, and yeah, for me it was. It was a war yesterday. It was in the trenches and bring the players in you know you can hopefully rely on. The only thing that surprised me um, coming to you, Lee, was that Zach Viner not even on the bench. Uh, the bench was Sam Bell, Alex Scott, Iman Benaroos, so three youngsters there. Obviously, Max O'Leary, Callum O'Dida, Danny Simpson and Jada Silva. No room for Viner on the bench, who we know is fairly versatile. Yeah, I, I was surprised as well. But um, it's interesting that that maybe we can talk about the team selections and sometimes um, it's all about kind of who's left out as well as who's included. And um, and I slightly disagree with Matt. I, I'd like to have seen Casey Palmer around about the squad. I know that he can be a bit of a liability, but he is um, without doubt the most gifted footballer at the club. 
Um, and I and I just something's obviously gone wrong um, yeah. for other people to come in front of him. I mean, you know, to 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 kind of give uh, well, Anarus especially, isn't it? Anarus, yeah. I yeah. mean, Casey Palmer um, must have done something wrong um, to uh, to not get in the lineup. And uh, again, we discussed before the the game yesterday in the supporters club, and um, and we said that. You're Neil Warnock, for example, um, for those players that were flair players and that didn't maybe apply themselves during the week, as long as they do it during the game, you know, I think about that, is it Tarat that, um, that QPR that... Yeah, Del Tarat, yeah. Captain, and, and even I know he's not in the same class, but your Cantona's, he was treated completely different. In Peter Schmeichel's book, he said that all players were treated differently. So I wonder if you're getting the best out of Casey Palmer. Um, and even if during the week he's not applying himself, if he's doing it on a Saturday afternoon, that's the most important thing. But um, going back to your, your question, though, the players being left out, I wonder if Viner is um, one of those players that Nigel was talking about that's not necessarily um, on the... Did he say on the bus or on the boat mm. or something like on that? The bus, um, yeah. On the bus, yeah. On the bus, and I think... Um, Quite clearly, he might be one of those. Uh, who knows? It's it's so interesting with Zach, isn't it? Because I'm pretty sure he signed a new contract in the summer, um, <clears throat> and you know was earmarked for right back. Um, it felt as though that was where where Nigel Pearson wanted him to develop. But I'm with you, Patch. I think he's he's a utility player. There there was a moment in the game where um, Atkinson went down, and you looked at the bench and you thought. Mm. Crikey, we've yeah. only got Danny Simpson that can really come on and um, as a defender in play there. All right, you maybe could have brought Jay De Silva on. Um, I think it was at that stage Jay was still off, but you could have brought Jay on and moved Cam into the middle as he has done. But Viner gives you right back, gives you centre back, gives you midfield, moving forward with it, you know, and he, so it's a strange one. I don't know if there's an injury thing. He definitely doesn't seem the sort of character... Um, not to put 100% in training and to throw his toys out the pram. That just doesn't seem like that's in Zach's makeup at all. Mm. So I do wonder with that one, yeah. Okay, let's get into the game then, into the minutes. Um, first thing I've got written down um, is the impeccable um, minute silence for the, obviously we've got Remembrance Sunday coming up very soon. And I guess this is the this is the first, you know, the, the last home game. The- yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> get that right. Um, but it was impeccably observed and um, something that we should all always remember. So uh, just a very no, well done to everyone for that. And nice nice touch patch with the, the players' names um, coming up who were involved in the, the conflicts yeah. on yeah, the board. Good that was a nice touch from the club. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, no, that was great. Well done to the team there. Um, okay, into the into the game then. And 14th minute, over from Backinson. Um, great engineering from Hanno Masengo. It was a chance on the edge of the box. We've seen Tyreek Backinson take these really well last season. Um, but this one was always sort of rising, Matt, wasn't it? Just got under it, didn't he? It, 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 it seemed he couldn't get it out of his feet in the right sort of position. Got under it. It's a nice shape shot, but... Never in any danger was it was it in the target was it so it was disappointing from that point of view but um, you know it, I'm not going to be overcritical because I want to see my midfielders doing what he was doing there and getting those shots that's what we're missing from you know the likes of Matty James at the moment we're not seeing enough from him Hanno has developed more but yeah for for me with Tariq I was I was pleased to see it so I wasn't actually oh yeah I wasn't overcritical with that to be fair. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there were, there Lee, cries, yeah, sorry. Um, there were cries around about me that uh, Baxter should have shot a little bit earlier yeah. when he first had a chance. But actually, I thought he did the right thing to compose himself, like you said, Matt, get a good body shape. But yeah. it was always rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's good, as you say, Matt. It's good to have that confidence to to take a uh, shot. Uh, absolutely, and and I think. He- Again, if I'm if I'm sat down with Tyreek this morning, his family, whatever, I'd be saying, "Look, Nigel's trusted you yesterday. You know, you, you've you've put in a performance. Um, it wasn't all good by any shape of the imagination, but you know, you've got to really step on now because, well, you know, it, it, it is a, again a big season for him. I think this is where he's going to make it at the championship, or he's not. At the moment, he's nowhere near being." the player you need for a top six championship team. He just isn't. So he has to really work on his game, his physicality, his energy, you know, but um, yesterday it was good to see that those moments. Yeah. Uh, Lee, this one for you, lovely through ball from Masengo, um, but Wells was dispossessed. How important was Masengo in that first half yesterday? I, I think he's brilliant. And, um, and I've said before, that uh, I don't think he will stay with us if he carries on. He's got bigger. Um, his his awareness of players around him, I don't know, we'll go on to uh, the goals uh, a bit later on, but his awareness of players around it and spotting that pass is superb. He um, he just got so much stronger, I think, on the ball. And, um, and, I, and I think he's the one that can carry us uh, through. And I... I, I just I just wish that um, you know he can stay injury free, and uh, I hope we can keep hold of him. But I I seriously think that he'll be off um, uh, in at the end of the season. But you know, let's enjoy him while we got him. Absolutely, yeah, well said, and uh, enjoy him while we've got him, Matt. He's the first second name on the team sheet, isn't he? Yeah, R- Richard Gould should be doing all he can to get mm-hmm. him signed. Um, I think he loves the, the club. I think he loves the fans. Obviously, the the chant, and I know that sounds a really sort of stupid thing to say, but the chant will definitely help. He knows he's a favourite there. Um, he's still very, very young developing. Do I think he could go to a Prem side now and, and play week in, week out? No, absolutely not. Um, I think he's still in the right place for us. But um, yeah, he, he needs to be signed to a new long-term contract, um, something that I hope, I'm sure the club are looking at. But... Um, what surprised me, Lee, the, the footage after the game, and um, it was great to see the, the players. And you could, again, you know, you can see how much it meant to them. But Han Noah got into the crowd in the same <laughs> stand, and there was a—I yeah. don't know if it was a, a, a young lad or a young a young lady um, with a, a Han Noah hair sort of style on um, and a and shirt he, as well, Matt. Was it right? Okay, yeah, it was a shirt. He, he, he sort of high fived, and I, I I kind of thought he might give his shirt to that that particular mm. um, kid, but he didn't. But he then. Was it on inside the barrier, but went along all the front of the south stand, high fiving fans? And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, if we can keep this kid for a couple of years, maybe even next season, he could be a captain because he just shows the attitude and that you want. And I think um, what surprised me more than anything, looking at the footage, just how bulk up he yeah, looked. Yeah. You know, his physical frame. You can see where he's added on the extra pounds and the extra muscle, and and that's undoubtedly shown in his performances. So, yeah, I mean, for me, absolutely number one on the team sheet. Mm. Okay, 23 minutes. A great save from our number one, Dan Bentley. Shot comes in from Jordan Williams on the left in far too much space again. One of the problems playing so narrow, I guess, Matt, is if we we get really easily exposed on the flanks. Uh, Tanner was Tanner was nowhere near close enough for me, and that's the third pod in a row that I've said that. 
Yeah, and I think it's a really good point about the width in the side. I think it, it does play in that narrow as we do. Um, we, we just afford the opposition so much space out wide. And we make some fairly average wide players in this division look like they're world beaters. And, you know, the, the lad that played yesterday, and I can't think of his name with the ponytail. Oh, Jordan um, Williams. Was that, it was Jordan Williams. Yeah, Williams. Apolo- apologies. Um <laughs> He was made to look really, really good. And I've seen him on lots of occasions on, on Sky and stuff. And he's a, he's an average player. And I don't mean that disparagingly, although obviously it is. But we, we made him look brilliant yesterday at times. You know, he looked a real threat. Um, and you're right about George. It's something they really need to work on with George. We've got to get him closer and closing the ball down. And mm. um, Lee, for me, Jordan Williams and yeah, had a couple of chances coming into the second half as well. Reminded me a little bit of Luke Aylin down at Ashton Gate. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, but I'd, I'd pick up the point that Matt said that um, we are making some of these average players look really good by being so narrow. It, it felt like um, uh, going back to the Bournemouth game again, where we were completely overrun and yeah. the two fullbacks were were really exposed. And yesterday, I mean, that, that Jordan William chance where it was a, a smart save by Bentley in the end, um, mm. really, he shouldn't have had that chance because you should be closing him down clear. Yeah. I mean, it, he was on the edge of the 18 yard box but we had um our fullbacks um kind of so close um or, or so narrow i beg your pardon um so george tanner um as he was he actually had to run out to him but by the time he got to him the shot had already come in and thought that could have easily been well one. that's the thing he didn't run out to him um no. and he he invited the shot and whether he thinks it's all right bentley's gonna save this <laughs> But, that, but that, we, that, was, that didn't happen in the last in a couple of games ago no, where it, the lad booted it into the roof of yeah. the net we do yeah. that all over the pitch. We invite opposition to have a touch, set themselves, find the pass, find the shot. Um, and it's surprising with 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 the, the defenders in particular because you've got Nigel Pearson now um, and obviously Curtis and Alex Ball now doing the, the coaching. Mm-hmm. You would think we'd be much stronger defensively. Um, we're, we're strong in terms of throwing our bodies on the line and blocking efforts we're not strong defensively in terms of snuffing opportunities out are we mm, absolutely 24th minute i've got it written down here um and we spoke about this at the start of the podcast about Callas and the fact that he's not the most vocal i don't know if you heard it but he shouted just he shouted effing listen at the Did top he? of his voice and everyone sort of looked at each other around me and said wow that was loud yeah. because he was basically getting frustrated that the players weren't listening to to the instructions and maybe even the game plan um but i just wanted to note that because we've been a bit critical of Callas yeah, in yeah. the past for not yeah. not being vocal enough and that was yeah. really interesting to hear and uh <laughs> straight away after that they score <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah yeah that's what we talked about yeah exactly yeah yeah what were they listening to the ipods but yeah yeah so 27th minute barnsley won there it was a poor back pass um sorry, a poor pass back from Matty James towards Rob Atkinson, who had to really different get a different shape to his body to try and hit the line, but it goes out for a throw-in. From the throw-in, um, it goes to Devante Cole. He gets around Matty James, who could easily have given away a penalty and probably a red card, but Cole gets around him, lays it back, and Azika slots home to score. Um, and at that point, as I said at the start, it might do as well to go behind in a funny way. But nevertheless, Matt, an easy goal for Barnsley. Yeah, I wasn't laughing. Um, Rob Atkinson for me. I mean, Matty Matt James, poor ball. Rob Atkinson, yes, his shape to, for the clearance, unlucky to see it out. 
but he completely switched off. Didn't get, didn't track the run at all. Um, Cole, Cole then was able to sort of take it fairly easily round James. Bentley's given no chance, but yeah, Rob. Um, it was a bit of a a bit of a strange display, I thought, from Atkinson yesterday. He, he looked again, and he's got that unusual. Um, I think the words gate about him, but the way that he kind of moves, he looks like I do after watching a concert last night and standing up and dancing for ages there. You know, he's, he's sort of all knees and he's, the way that he runs and stuff looks a bit strange. But yeah, he just switched off and it was such a poor goal to concede against when a you, poor team, like I said. When you say switch, switched off, Matt, yeah. what... Um, I think it was Matt James who... So who Matt James played the run. The, yeah, yeah, but he, he switched off for the throw-in. So oh, okay. he, he didn't then go with his man at all. And, and as it's happening, I'm shouting, where's your man, Rob, where's your man? And yeah, he, he, he loses him and it's a, yeah. Lee, your thoughts on the goal? Do you know what? I, I was going to add something else in there, which I don't know how many other the listeners picked up on yesterday. And it, it may well be a minor point, but I think it it helped them uh, to, to, to score the goal. It was only a quick throw-in because... Martin actually punched the ball towards the advertising hoardings, came back straight in the arms. Did it? Um, yeah. And then they took the throw in. Now, I know that Chris Martin didn't do that kind of deliberately to make it a quick throw in, but it kind of assisted them. Yeah. And we switched off uh, because of that quick throw in. And I thought, I wonder if Martin would have just left it then they'd have had to go and get the ball mm. and then we could set up a little bit. I mean, it's, I know it's only a small point and I feel like Jimmy Hill having a go at that ball boy that time. <laughs> Remember when he said he gave the ball too quickly, but yeah. um, it is a very, very small yeah. point, but I think it, it helped them. It added to it. Yeah. 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 Now what, what I think got the crowd's backs up, not only the goal, but three minutes later in the 30th minute, it was the second round of head tennis. Um, yeah. That went on, I think there was about, I counted 10 headers, uh, front and back, front and back. Um, and you don't want to see that at this level. That's more like what you expect to see up the Downs this morning. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with the Downs, Pat. Yeah, I was going to say that's being critical of the Downs, yeah. <laughs> but um, that 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 did was greeted, Matt, by a, a chorus of not boos, but discontent. Just because it's it's rubbish to watch. And like you say, we're, we're, we're in the championship. You know, yes, you're talking about two struggling sides, both in terms of position, but certainly in form. You know, our home form, their away form. But and it was players that the likes of I think Matty James was involved, Tyreek, Hanoa. I think everyone was fr involved. Front. It was you know those, those are sort of forward players for us. Um, and and Nigel Nigel Whittle in our WhatsApp group and obviously regular um, pod contributor, he sort of mentioned it as well. And it and it was rubbish. You know, and it just needed. Someone and it wasn't like every time the ball went to either team with the head, they had players that were around them. So that's your only option. You know, there was like a hot potato, wasn't it? Yeah, plenty of time <laughs> for players to bring it down on their chest and look for a pass. And yeah, it was it summed up for me our performance in that half where it was a real uh, a display that probably again just that um, showed the anxiety and, and mm. players not wanting to take that that chance that they needed to take. But that second round of head tennis did fall to um, Hanno Masengo, who did have a shot, uh, Lee, which which went wide. But that's something that he needs to work on, Masengo. He, he's excelling in all other areas, but just that when once he does score for Bristol City, the crowd will go wild, I'm sure. 
he often snatches at shots, doesn't he? But yeah. um, the uh, to to make it the, the point that, that Matt was saying earlier, the head tennis and so on. Um, we've actually got players who are superb at um, carving open a defence. Like Matt James, for example, has got the experience. Um, Backinson can do it because we saw that yesterday, and Masengo. Um, also did it yesterday. So we've got the players who can put the ball on the deck and play nicely. The people who I sit with in the South Stand, they, we were all saying the same, just get the ball on the deck and play the football that yeah. we know we can play. Um, it, it almost as though, because Barnsley got involved in it as well, is that it was two teams low on confidence and yeah. no one actually kind of grabbing hold of the game and saying, look, let's, let's boss this game. Let's boss the way that we deal with it. And actually, I think um, the, the person who could uh, really come into his own is, is Matt James. He's got that experience. And I was looking for a big performance from him uh, yesterday. He seems quite quiet, Matt James, doesn't he? he? Does. From, from from a player of his experience mm. and um, the level he's played at, he, he's he's mm. quite quiet. And you're absolutely right there. It needed, you know, that's that's the Thomas Callas moment, Patch, isn't it? Where it needs someone to be in there going, right, what, yeah, what are we doing, guys? Let's get the ball down in play. You know, it's, yeah. But again, I'll go back to the confidence, the anxiety thing. I think that was clear. Well, because even some of his set pieces early on were oh, falling, weren't they? Yeah. The well, were... Nigel, I mean, Patch will see it in front, but there was one moment where he had one corner that hit the front man, but the ball yeah. came back to yeah. him. And then the, the next one, yeah. I think it hit the front man. Um, and Nigel Pearson was absolutely oh, yeah. beside himself. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, noted that one. Um, 38th minute, another save from Bentley, this time from the number seven, Callum Britton. Um, all clearances were just being hoofed up the pitch, Matt. Um, it's something you you want to see in the last minute, but not in the in the 38th minute, is hoofball. There's there's times to play, isn't there? There's times to defend, there's times to kick it in the stand, and, and we don't seem to know when to do that, and we'll go on to some of the, the stuff in the second half with, with our defending. Um but yeah, I, and and it's it's aimless hoofball as well, isn't it? There's no, it's not like you've got a Famara up there that that might win that ball for you. You know that that ball's coming straight back, um, and it, it, it achieves absolutely nothing. Um, well, it wasn't even that, going anywhere near Martin no, or Wells. It no. was just being hoofed up the pitch. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, and either straight to their keeper or even out, and there was no. Again, no ownership. No one wanted to take that responsibility, wouldn't it? It's just easier to get rid. Yeah, 40th, yeah. 40th minute, Lee. Um, Pring manages to get a cross in, which is great to see. Um, but Wells doesn't win his header. He gets he gets the, the defender, beats him to the ball. And I don't know if you noticed, but that seemed to trigger quite a lot of infighting amongst the players. Lots of arguments, lots of disagreements about the style and the approach. And it was off the back of a little bit of discontent, more discontent from the fans. Well, I think, um, I don't know about, about you two, but I spent the first 20 minutes trying to work out what our formation actually was. I wasn't quite sure whether we were matching their 4-3-3 or um, I, I wasn't quite sure. I mean, in the end, I think you you mentioned something earlier, Patch, about the formation, but um, yeah. I've come on to all the different media outlets and even they were confused about what we were playing. Uh, to me, it looked like a 4 uh, three, one, two. Yeah, that's that's what I said at the start because I that's yeah. how I saw it as well because Vyman was sort of dropping into the hole between Wells and Martin, and yeah. they there was a lot of changing around. Um, you know, if if Vyman went forward, Martin dropped in the hole. Similarly, Wells um, on some occasions as well, which yeah. I actually think as a triangle 
got the best out of all of them because it's I always want to see Wells in a in a front two, not because I want when I saw the starting lineup come through and not the formation, I was concerned that it was going to be Wells out wide, yeah. uh, Vyman out wide, and Martin down the middle. But that isn't how it how it worked out. So for me, the the that was how you can get all three of those guys into the team. Well, Wyman for me is that floating player I think he's fantastic at it you know chasing around he's got more energy than any player out on that pitch and I think yeah. it's great to see him uh, in that position so I quite like the formation but I suppose the arguments might come then Patch is that if we are constantly changing and moving that players might think well where are we supposed to be or what is our formation at this time I don't know mm -hmm. you, you we're not privy to what goes on in the training ground of course but um, I, I just felt at times yesterday I wasn't quite clear about what the formation was. Yeah, fair point. Okay, the moment, the equaliser, 41st minute. It was a Callas pass forward that finds Vyman. Now, I don't know whether he means to pass to Wells or it was a, a deft touch or a miscontrol. I'm not sure. However, it works out really well because it finds Wells who immediately gives the ball back to Vyman. And we've said a number of times on the podcast that the pass is there and they're just a little bit too slow to give it. But Wells did really well, threads Vyman through and what a fantastic finish, Matt, from, from Andy Vyman, Mr. Cool. Brilliant finish. Yeah, I'll, I'll go on the basis that it was a, a deliberate pass. Um, Wells' ball, as you said, first time. Um, I've watched it back on the, the TV because it just wondered how close to being off he was. And it was, it could easily have been given. It was that close that you could have seen a linesman, lines person, assistant ref, apologies, <laughs> Lee, um, give, given that decision. He didn't. And it's one of those with Andy Vyman where he might have another nine of those the rest of this season that he ends up slashing wide. This one, he absolutely puts it into the position where he needs to put it. I will say, looking back on the, the screen, I thought the keeper gave him all of the, you know, watching Strictly, I didn't last night, but the whole um, pass. No, what's the one with the bullfighter? You pass must watch Doble, it. Is it? Is it the, no, I don't think it is the Pass of Doble. I'll have to figure it out. Um, but he, he literally sort of says, here you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing like an open arm sweep. Um, use this side of the goal, but take nothing away from the finish. An unbelievable finish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, you know, Lee's point about his energy, and I think Nigel Pearson said about it in his interview afterwards, he just is like a Duracell bunny, isn't he? He runs and runs and runs. At times he makes needless runs, um, but he's still going from minute one to the end of the minute. And typical Andy Vyman again, it's it's a brace. Do you know what I mean? It's that not scored for him however long, gets two. And, yeah. and what two great, great finishes. So three, yeah, brilliant, three, lots, brilliant three lots of two goals. Lee, which was better, the touch to Wells or the finish? Uh, definitely the finish because ultimately if you score a goal, perhaps that's, you know, everything else is irritating. But, if, but let's say you meant that touch. That was absolutely fantastic. The way he brought that down and, and the right amount of, of spin, the right amount of, of, of pressure on the ball. Uh, let's, let's say he meant that because Matt certainly thinks he does. And that was amazing. 
I'd still say the the actual finish, the goal, um, uh, only because of of the, that actual outcome. But I tell you what, we th- one thing we did miss prior to that patch, and um, that was uh, Callas winning the header um, initially. And it came, he actually won the, the header first and foremost, and then he passed it through. Right. Um, and then obviously uh, we went on then to score. So I think um, Callas has got to take a lot of credit for that goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was his through ball. He won the ball, as you say. And he actually took a man on to make that through ball as well, which is good yeah. to see. And high at the pitch as well, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, like it's yeah. in our defensive. And uh, good passadobly knowledge patch. I've just checked with um, my strict, <laughs> strictly uh, adjudicator. And yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. Never doubt me again. Thanks. <laughs> right. Okay. Into the 45th minute, a Callas long throw falls to James on the edge of the box, whose shot is saved. Um, initially, I thought that it was not a great shot, but looking back on the replay, there was a lot of power um and he was trying to get it into the corner but the keeper saves low Matt shaking his head yeah I'm I'm initially with you it wasn't a great shot not when you're in the in the in the box and he, he hits it straight at the keeper I think the power um, was there it's just maybe the placement needs to be yeah, you know yeah. in the corner as you say but you'd be, uh, you'd be disappointed if you went a bit the, the, the target <laughs> oh, aside from there. the keeper uh, yeah, I have to say stan- I stanchion wasn't it yeah. I refereed Patrick Ashton Gate and I tell you what he's had some <laughs> superb shots at so you can criticise anyone Matt <laughs> thanks Lee money's in the post um <laughs> But his court, the 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 um, go out for a corner. The corner lands on the head of Backinson, who doesn't really attack the header enough, and it goes out for a goal kick. I think we initially got yeah. a corner, but then it was a goal kick. But That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we it was more of a jumping up to clear clear the ball instead of an attacking header, yeah. which was a shame. It, it, it was moments, wasn't it? Those two situations were again the moments where it's a difference between getting the goal and not, and and Matty James getting a better striker or a better, a better direction. With Tyreek's header, I think the ref thought it's got to be a corner because there's no way he's heading yeah. the ball wide with that. Because it looked like a free header. I mean, I'm in the south stand, so you can't really see. But he got a really good leap and you're thinking this is a goal. And yeah, yeah. doesn't even force the keeper into a save. I'll tell you what was nice is that um, we actually got something from one of our throw-ins because I, mm. I'm sat more often than not in the south stand saying, you know, can we actually win one of these um, kind of headers? Yeah. And I know we didn't win initially the header, but it came out to Matty James. And um, I thought, I thought, actually thought there could have been more power on it, actually. I disagree yeah. with you, but I, I thought he was going for accuracy more than power. Mm. And uh, and in the end, it was a bit it of It was a, neither. You know, <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a powder puff shot. It's, it's interesting on the throw-ins, though, Lee, isn't it? Because we, we've been critical of, of the, the, the Thomas Callas throw um, being overutilised. And I thought yesterday it it wasn't. I thought we did use it in the right areas and at the right times. It didn't. Well, and when feel... you're a goal, when you're a goal down as well. Yeah, you want to you want to bomb it in, but it it was a better throw as well. That that one in particular. Yeah, I don't know whether um, he, he saw obviously the throw at West Brom from the yeah. lad. Um, mm. not sure of his name, but that was Dirt, hard um, and low. Furlong, furlong, yeah. hard and low, wasn't it? The, yeah. the only thing the only thing I would say to you both is that. Who would you want in the box on one of these fantastic Callas. Yeah. Callas, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. kind of defeats a bit of the object. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, 47th minute. Backinson has time on the ball. Finds Masengo once again, who uh, must have been watching Strictly as well, Matt. The pirouette mm. that he did. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Was quite, quite brilliant. Um, whilst controlling it with his right foot. I've tried to slow this down and watch this again. He's controlled it with his right foot. Span 360 degrees. And then passes it with the same foot and curls it round, sets uh, Chris Martin through, 
who pulls the bat ball back to Vyman and he slots home a slight deflection from Jordan Williams, but I think it was still, still going in past the keeper, but Martin, a great run, great pullback, great vision to see and actually know where Vyman was Lee and uh, another cool finish seven minutes later from his first goal. I actually think that the second finish was better than the first because yeah. it took more composure, actually. Um, but what a great ball from um, Masengo. But even better, I think, that Martin... I mean, they couldn't have gone to a better person on the pitch because Martin is an intelligent footballer. And for him to pull the ball back um, to Wyman and then Wyman just to um, slot it in the back of it with the composure needed. Because how many times have we been down Ashton Gate and Wyman's been one-on-one with the keeper and it's just gone completely wide. Uh, we won't talk about Naki Wells' shot, will we, late, mm. until later we, on? We, we will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt that could have easily been Wyman. But yesterday yeah. is composure. Uh, perhaps he's been having shooting practice. But I thought that um, that second goal was so well worked. It was beautiful to watch. It was good football. And what we were saying earlier, get the ball on the deck and this is what we can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Quite a I mean, few people missed that goal as well. They were down in the concourse. It's, it's <laughs> funny. I mean, there's a, there's a guy, and I won't, I won't name him, Simon, um, who sits in front of me, who, who went down, I think, on about 37 minutes. So he oh, actually God. missed both goals. Oh, God. Um, and we when he came back up in the, the sort of second half, we were telling him to go back down. But um, <laughs> I, I thought... Tyreek's ball wasn't actually the greatest into hand, Noah, mm. um, but it was a lot still, of pace a good, on it. A lot of still a good, it. yeah, still, still a forward ball and it was the right thing to do. So I don't mean that in, you know, some players, some players really like a ball. What a ball with pace. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. But I just didn't think it was the, the right ball, but hand Noah, not only the control and then the pass, but it's to have the knowledge and the, the, the vision to know that that ball Martin was on. So he already knew where Martin was going. And Lee's absolutely right. I mean, other players may have tried them to go alone and and do, you know, smash it or whatever. He plays it back to Vyman perfectly and he just has to open his foot. Not just, I'll, I'll take the just out. He opens his foot and just slots it beautifully. Um, and and it's the composure there, whereas he's he's been prone to slashing it stuff hadn't he it, that was a composed finish mm. and again you could see the relief that it meant to all of them you know they were yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant and credit to to those players the fans got involved but credit to those players to be able to turn that around as quickly as they did because to go in 2-1 at half time made such a difference yeah let's not forget one goal down and 2-1 up yeah. um in a first half is in any game, regardless of the performance, shows great fight back and and bounce back ability. That that term that was coined by Ian yeah. Dowie, I think it, it was. was Ian Dowie, yeah. Um, yeah. So great, great for the club. Um, Wells. So we've got um, we've got the halftime summary from Rob, who, which is quite quite critical. Um, so well, 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 we were dreadful. Nige must have rolled a six and picked. Picked up the get out of jail free card. No pattern, no style, lots of errors. Certainly a fortuitous lead at halftime. Someone obviously plugged in Andy Vyman for a 10-minute charge. Let's hope this is the catalyst for brighter things. Please, please, please do not sit back now. Um, that My thoughts were exactly that last bit. Please, please, please do not sit back now. I don't want to see, I think I put a tweet couple of days ago saying let's once we go one nil up let's go two three four yeah um and not not sit back but 
What did you think, Matt, first of all, about um, the, the rest of that comment from Rob? Were you in agreement? I, I, I think he was spot on. I really okay. think that he was spot on because I thought it was such a poor performance. The goals aside, it was such a poor performance against a really, really poor side. Mm. You know, they've obviously gone through some some trials and tribulations, Barnsley. You know, they, they do well. They get a manager in like they did in, in Ishmael last year, get to the playoffs... I think they got to the playoffs, didn't they, last yeah. year? Um, and then, obviously, he goes, takes the, some of the back room. Um, so, you know, I, I feel sorry for them. But they were a poor side who not only went in front, created more chances. And, and we just weren't in the game for large periods. Um, you know, we've referenced the passages of play that were poor. So I think Rob's absolutely right in terms of it, it was a shocker of a display for me. Mm. Okay, uh, for you, Lee? Yeah, well, I mean, if it wasn't for the scoreline, I think uh, they certainly would have got booed off at half-time. Yeah. Um, that could have created further problems. Uh, obviously, negativity second half and the crowd getting restless. Uh, I thought at times we were very poor, given the ball away so frequently, the ball, as, as, as we've said, um, in the air so frequently. And um, I just felt that we weren't together as a team yesterday um, in the first day, half an hour or so. And I was looking for a really positive performance against possibly one of the worst teams in the division. And I, and I was dis really disappointed with our performance, um, yeah. but not the result. And the result was everything to me yesterday. Yeah. Um, Lee, uh, this might be an unfair question to throw at you, but I, I want to get your thoughts on the referee in the first half. Uh, I thought he let a lot go um, on a number of occasions where I think we deserved a free kick. There was a couple of questionable offsides for me, and that might be coming into the second half as well. But we, he let the game flow, which you obviously you always want to see. But I thought just a couple of occasions where he, it let it go a little bit too far. He's um he's an inexperienced referee. It's um one of his first years on the championship, so he is on um this the uh, the select group for the championship. Um, but uh, by all accounts, um Thomas Bramwell, his name is um by all accounts he is an up and coming referee, someone who is destined for the very top. Um, in terms of offsides, he doesn't have any say in the offside, so it's all done uh, ordinarily by the assistants was interesting, I, I sit next to, and, and some listeners will know, uh, Liz, who goes on coach two to all the away games. And uh, she was asking me during the game, she said, why are the um, assistants putting the flag up so late all the timely? Mm, and I said, well, and I said, but, but remember, and this was four or five seasons ago, the law changed to say that it's no longer an offence to be in an offside position. It only becomes an offence when you kind of get involved, actively involved, i.e. touch the ball. And so that's why the assistants leave the flag so late, because um, if someone else was to come in and take the ball, everyone else would go berserk. And I said, actually, the, the assistants are doing what they're supposed to. Whether they were offside or not, I don't know. I'm in the safe stand. It's difficult yeah. to know. And so many people around me shout, that's a rubbish offside. How do you know? I mean, you would be educated. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you in the same Stanley. And and there were two or three where there's a guy behind me that 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 sort of he there we go, Patch, bingo. Um, that continually was saying, you know, what are you doing, linesman? You know, he's offside. And I said, There's no way you can tell. The bit for me, there was a moment, um, and it was in the second half, um, where the ball got played forward and the Barnsley forward is clearly going for the ball, and Bentley has to come rushing out and clear it. Mm. 
and the linesman then flags at the point that Bent is clearing it. And you're thinking, you're running the risk of players getting injured because yeah. he's clearly involved because he's going for the ball. And this, the, there was a, a, a chap who said, yeah, but he didn't touch the ball. And, and I said to him, I said, genuinely, I don't know the rule now. Do you have to touch the ball to be involved? Or surely if you're making a move for it, you become active then, is what they used to say, wouldn't it? So I don't, I don't know what the rule is, and I don't know if you can clear that up when we leave, but it was yeah. one where I thought, shit, Bentley could have got injured there, and it was a clear, you know, like 20 yards clear offside. It wasn't a close decision. It was a clear one. Mm. Right. If you make a movement towards the ball, it doesn't necessarily indicate an offside. Right. Um, it just depends on where the ball is, because you could move towards the ball, and the ball's on the other side of the pitch. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's not in the law, but the law states that if you are actively involved, and I suppose really that is the interpretation of the assistant yeah. or the referee ultimately. Um, but I, I, I agree with you, Matt, that sometimes it looks untidy and also it can lead to injuries. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe the FA are looking more at goals being scored than they are the safety of players. Well, how, how late was that flag for Wells' goal at West Brom last week? After well, they, they were they were celebrating, weren't they? Yeah, they were yeah. celebrating. And, and then he walks back up and puts yeah, the flag up. Yeah, and I think that one. I think there was a little bit of, and I don't know. And and again, Lee, you might be able to clarify. Do, do the the officials have earpieces where they can talk to each other at championship level? Yeah. So uh, yeah. the guy behind me, um, really lovely guy, goes home and away. And he said the other week, he said, uh, "Can you remember when I forget who was going through now?" And I thought it was a dive. He thought it was a penalty. Um, who was the player, the young lad? Um, Scott, Scott, Scott recently. Yeah, yeah Scott yeah. was going through um, and I felt he went down really easy. Um, he felt, the guy behind me felt it was a, a foul. And I said to him, no, that was because we were right in front of it. I thought he went down too easy. Uh, although it wasn't a dive, it wasn't a free kick either. And then he said to me, why didn't the linesman, as he said, why didn't the linesman, um, why didn't he get involved? And I said, he did. Um, he would have got involved by the communication, which they right, do have okay. the communication. And he said, yeah, but he should have done more. And I said, well, what would you expect him to wave the flag and say yeah. no foul? Yeah. That, that, I mean, that <laughs> that doesn't help. So the, the problem is, I think, um, Matt and Patch, I think that, that uh, supporters will become far more educated if they could hear what was being said. Yeah. Uh, whether it's on the television, and I know we're, we're at, the, at the ground, but but, you know, supporters need to be educated more. Because yeah. they, they feel that the assistants just stood there not doing anything. Well, actually, they are very active because they're closer. I'd uh, say in, probably informed rather than educated. Maybe, uh, kept, yeah. kept informed. Kept informed. And, and yeah. exactly what I was going to say there. Maybe, that, and I'm not saying he's my favourite official because he's not, but Mike Dean will quite often, with his assistant who's clearly given him the nod in his ear or whatever, will give a thumbs up to his assistant. So it's clear then to all the fans that the assistant has been involved in that decision, but, um, which I think is great to see. Well, assessors would pick you up for that because it would look as though, you know, we're in this kind of together and um, we've kind of done this team now, so thumbs yeah. up. I've yeah. seen that before, they have. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're sorting them out now, don't you worry. Yeah. So they say that that might be a bit negative, Matt. That's well, I, I don't yeah, think which... Mike Dean gives a toss, to be fair. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> but, but, but the point about the goals and stuff, I mean, I, I got back last night and I deliberately, um, I'm a, I'm not a closet Man United fan. I'm an out Man United fan as well. But um, I deliberately didn't want to know the score last night and, and I came home and watched Match of the Day um, and then went on to watch the Liverpool game. And the Liverpool game, you, I, I kind of had the feeling that it hadn't been a win um, from a couple of comments that I'd heard 
um, at the concert, but didn't know the score. And then you're watching it, you think, oh, that's a goal. Oh, no, that's gone to VAR. <laughs> oh, no, that's offside. And there was like three, I think. That it was yeah. kind of the flag go up as the players wheeling away celebrating. There was a couple in the Man United game. Yeah, so, be careful, careful yeah. what you wish for. Right, it's, yeah, exactly. We need to get into the second half. I just, just looked at the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the clock ticking. Um, right, second half. Jada Silva comes on after four minutes uh, for campering. Looked like an ankle injury. Uh, so I think what's happened there is he's picked something up in the first half and they've said, give it a few minutes. And obviously it's yeah. not worked out. So uh, straight swap, really nothing to, to discuss there. I don't think um, the next thing I've got isn't until the 62nd minute where I've put has the tide of luck turned must have been a force field around Bentley's goal to keep that one out. It hits the bar, um, comes off the line, bounces around a bit. And then it's Martin. I think that finally clears it off the line, but um, Lee for you, uh, that one was, uh, was almost in, wasn't it? Well, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I didn't actually see everything that went on because of where I am. Um, but watching it back on television, I think it was Bentley who cleared it in the end, who kicked it away. Um, yeah, that was a different one, I think. I think Martin gets this one clear. There is one definitely that Martin, yeah. You're, yeah, you're Martin, Martin was on the line. Yeah, this one. But certainly Martin, I think, must have saved us twice on the line then at that point because um, because he was there. And it, it was the outstretched foot that kind mm. of kept it kept it out and uh but we were leading a very much a charm life at that point where we I mean, you made a point earlier patch about um not sitting back and then getting on but we certainly sat back in the second half didn't we that was certainly the tactic uh, i think it goes back to that that point though lee that we give the ball away mm. so easily um and and we talk about dna at the club the, the club's dna for the last six seasons five seasons has been we don't find our men we give the but we turn possession over so, so frequently. It's embarrassing. Um, and that ball came across. And, and again, you're looking at defenders and thinking, where where are we? What are we picking up here? And it was just back to the wall defending, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. 66th minute. Vyman breaks. Ball goes to Backinson, who finds a nice ball to Wells, um, who's in a good position to shoot. And he shoots over. Uh, should probably hit the, well, definitely hit the target there. Um, James, Matty James and Chris Martin both berated Wells for not passing. Um, but there's no way that Wells was passing or even considering passing um, in that point. But going back to the goal and the fact that, that Martin pulls it back for Vyman to score, that must be something that they've worked on in training. And I think that message coming from James and Martin Lee must have been sort of linked to that to that message. Well, I didn't think Martin was completely clear. I think he was being marked anyway. There were a few players around him. And I think for Naki Wells, for somebody who scored around about between 10 and 15 goals a season, he's got to have a go. I mean, And from that position, probably. Yeah, strike, strikers do that, don't they? They have to do it. Otherwise, you know, they, they, they kind of uh, they're judged purely on their goal scoring uh, record, aren't they? Um, and so I felt he had to have a go, but the shot was dreadful. I mean, you can't even say it hit a bubble because it's, um, it, the pitch it's, is superb. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I I disagree with both of you there. I honestly oh. think in that position, Ooh. Wells had to be squaring it. I okay. really thought it was the wrong choice because of the way that the play had opened up. Mm. I genuinely Matt's had thought a text from uh, Matty James and Chris Martin. No, no, no. Honestly, because <laughs> so, I think that, and, and whether you're, you're talking about it, Patch, but I think that the next passage of play was an attack from Barnsley mm. uh, and it was almost... That, that almost could cost us the, the points there. And I just thought it was a really... A, the execution was really poor. Um, you know, we talk about calm finishes and 
Um, obviously, he had a similar. It was a similar sort of position against Forest, wasn't it? Where mm. the keeper made that brilliant save. This one, I thought he was a little bit wider, um, and I, I genuinely thought the pass was on. Right, guys, if you're listening to this, go onto our Twitter and tell us wherever you think Wells should have passed. Not with hindsight, yeah. but were you surprised that Wells shot? Or do you think he should have passed? Uh, let me qualify. I wasn't surprised he shot, and I agree with everything you say in terms of as a striker. You think he but should it, shoot? In that, in that moment, I think he was he was too selfish. I didn't think he looked at what was around him. So without yeah. hindsight, everybody, pass yeah, or no, shoot? I wish he'd have passed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, okay, into the 67th minute. Uh, after that through ball, Backinson comes off, um, and Benarus comes on, 18 years old. Um, and Nigel said after the game, when you can, I think not, uh, hang on, um, who said this? When you consider Eamon Benarus got the nod ahead of Casey Palmer, that tells you about what I see in training. So this is Pearson. I'm not bothered about reputations. And that was Pearson to Bristol Live after the game. Um, what do we know about Benarus other than he's been at the club for quite some time? Uh, he's 18 years old. Matt, any, anything addition to add to that? I'm sure he's got... Um international youth um, caps to his name. Um, and I want to say it's with England, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, he's, he is very, very highly rated. Um, I, I've spoken to Trevor Chalice, who um, is one of the, the academy coaches there. Um, and I know how highly rated he is. And then when you saw a lot of the tweets from the likes of Trev, Tinian. Brian Tinian, um, you know, it's, it's great to see. So he's a creative player. Um, England. Very, Place of it birth, is, Bristol. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I thought it was England that he played for. And he's, um, he trained certainly with England under seventeens, Matt. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's 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 got a box of tricks with him as well. He's a very skillful player. Um, not sure that his his normal position is is wide, which is where he seemed to play a lot yesterday, sort of drifting out there. Um, so I'm not sure of that. It was a massive call to make because although I didn't think Tyreek. Um, was having the dominance that I really think he should be having. His physicality being in there, um, and still his energy, he still was showing that same that same level. So it was a massive call to make. And and if I'm honest, I thought he, he looked um it was a, probably a step too far. It in, was a in big that. shock for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, the levels, yeah, the levels are the so game, different, aren't they? He was surprised how quick it was. Um yeah. and yeah, the couple of couple of times he, he got muscled off the ball. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere and, yeah, and, and it's throw, throw him into the lion's den. It's experience. And when you've got a manager like Nigel Pearson who trusts you like that, and as you're saying, players that, you know, Alex Scott could easily have come on and played that same position mm. um, and didn't. You could arguably have, have brought Sam Bell on and moved Andy Vyman out there if you're going to do that. But so it was a big call to make. And yes, he, his first couple of touches weren't great. And sometimes that also doesn't help you, does it? Because mm. you're then looking for that. That first touch, but great to see him in and around the team. And I, I mean, know, do you remember said, um, Semenyo's debut where he comes on, runs around, and then gets sent off? Yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's it, your your first game is is never going to be an easy no. one. It's a massive adjustment. Yeah, a massive huge. step change. And I think there's a lot and, more to come, yeah, obviously, was, from Benares. But he was on loan to Newport for quite a time as well. Then, wouldn't he? Before yeah. that, so he'd had a little bit of experience before. That's, that's a great shout because Iman's not had anything like that, has he? And same with Alex Scott. And there are players, you know, Lloyd Kelly was one that you, you don't loan out, 
but when you're seeing some of the rave reviews that, that Riley Taylor's getting at the moment, yeah, some mm. sometimes actually it is playing and it is going up against a, a big hairy ass center half, isn't it? And you know, yeah. getting yourself used to being kicked really. But you know, good, good to see and, and credit to the academy again. And, and you look at the bench and you see Benarus, Bell, Scott, mm. great, you know. Yeah, 72nd minute, Barnsley break again. It's This time it's a superb headed save on the line from George Tanner, who's putting his body on the line at the back post. And I actually thought that was Rob Atkinson on it until I saw mm, the highlights this morning. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, George Tanner sticking his head in where it hurts, Lee. Yeah, I thought um, George Tanner had a bit... Of, I, I was a bit uncertain about his performance yesterday, but I have to say that that was excellent yesterday because he, you know, he, he could have easier clashed with the post, but he was quite keen to get the ball over uh make sure it didn't go in the back of the net so yeah i, I that was a real plus for me yesterday with george tanner mm. 75th minute a clear shout from pearson from the bench to go 4-4-1-1 so effectively that is bringing vyman back into the midfield um and wells arguably back in behind chris martin um so that was a clear shout from pearson and and i think from the 75th minute I've put the best the best performer in the last 15 minutes was the fans. Yeah. Um and they turned it up, turned the volume up, turned the the um the consistency and the constant chanting, um, you know, all the different chants, come on you reds, etc. And I think that was so important, but we'll 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 come on to that again in a minute. Um so the the, the last 15 minutes was sort of played around the middle. There's a couple of opportunities on the 90th minute. The ball is lost in the midfield. Uh, there was a great forward run from Williams again. He finds Cole on the left, crosses to the number 10, Josh Benson, whose header is saved very well by Bentley. And we're getting into, again, forest time from, the, from, from last Tuesday, where it's hard to watch to be honest, Chris Martin has a chance to clear and doesn't in the in the box. And all you want him to do is on this occasion is hoofball, which which he doesn't do. And then he has the ball a bit further up and, and actually tackles Benarus, which is a, a little comedy moment that uh, you had to laugh at. But it was a it was quite serious time at that point. Um, and then the 93rd minute, the ball somehow stays out. Devante Cole must have had a message from... Bristol City legend Andy Cole to head the ball over from two yards because that's the only reason I can think um, you know, tongue-in-cheek. But uh, And Atkinson was absolutely flattened. But Matt, that last sort of five minutes of failing to clear a couple of opportunities from Barnsley, the fact that we've come away with a win is is quite astonishing. Yeah, that the, the last passage of play um, from, from, again, the south stand, it looked all the world like Rob Atkinson had managed to sort of somehow get his, his foot up and clear the ball. But when you watch it back, I'm not even sure he's two yards. I mean, he's almost under the bar and, and how he manages to head it over is beyond me. Um, I, I will go back to it and put, I think it's just down to anxiety. You know, the, the fans, we, although the fans were amazing and the, the chanting and they were really, you know, as you said, the last 15 minutes and it even got called out on Quest by, by Colin Murray. Um, but even I, me and I lost my voice and I'm, I'm shouting, but that, those past, that passenger play at the end, I'm thinking, here we go again. And we could be talking about a whole different podcast again today because really that should be an equaliser. There's just no nine times out of 10, he scores that, doesn't he? There's just mm. no, no rhyme or reason as to how he misses it. But again, as Nigel Pearson said, Lady Luck 
performed for us yesterday as well. And we we have had some some bad luck. You know, I think sometimes you you, you know it's true you make your own luck, but it was just yeah vital win in dear oh dear they, that passage. I mean, the Martin <laughs> challenge on Benarus was just comedy, wasn't it? Yeah. If just to, to turn this a little bit, because we may have some Barnsley fans listening mm. to the podcast. Um, if you're a Barnsley fan, or maybe ask you, Patch, um, how are you feeling going back up the M5 and M6, whatever M1? Well, you'd feel you'd feel like you've lost a point easily. Um, I don't think they deserve to win, but I think you know on the balance of play, a, a, a draw. But um, but yeah. It's not. It's not the greatest, is it? It's not the I thought greatest. they were the, the. I thought they were the better of the two teams. I did. Um, really? And okay. Yeah, I, I genuinely did. And and, um, you know, I've I've said a, 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 about them being a poor side. I think like us, they they were low on confidence. But um, I thought they showed a fair degree of spirit. I was surprised how quiet Corley Woodrow was. Yeah. For them. yeah. Um, didn't really. Are... I th- in fact, I don't even recall him having a shot. Um, no, and he was captain as well, and I, and I don't yeah. know whether that's affected him this season. Possibly. I mean, you guarantee, you guarantee if he'd have been the one at the end of that chance, the last 30 yeah. seconds, yeah, he, he would have scored, wouldn't you? Well, but... it's been 2-2, two, two, hasn't it, for the last God knows how long against Barnsley. Mm. I've just uh, looked at some yeah. stats here, gents. Um, uh, we had four shots on target. Barnsley had seven. Mm. Uh, we had five shots off target. Uh, Barnsley had three. Uh, Barnsley had 57%, we had 43%. The most important stat is obviously the result, but mm. I mean, if you're talking about kind of how the match was going, yeah. you might think that Barnsley were slightly better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, final whistle goes. Um, I think Benarus was sort of holding it up in the corner in the last minute, but... Um, I love. I I got my. I've got the uh, the fan the fan cam out and wanted to get a bit of the reaction, which I did. And the best reaction was was Nigel Pearson sort of just turning to Steve Lansdowne, John Lansdowne, etc., up in the gods and just putting his arms out and almost leaning back as if to say, "Thank God for that." And it really really was. Thank God for that, Lee, wasn't it? Do you know? It it was one moment yesterday. I thought to myself. This is how much football means to supporters because uh, the uh, the the singing, the dancing, the uh, the the atmosphere around the concourse as we were leaving was just one of elation. I mean, you know, that was um, madness, though, wasn't it? It was. That <laughs> <laughs> was one step beyond. I think. It was great I, to hear "Drink Up the Cider" at the end of a game, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, slightly different, wasn't it? But anyway, I mean, I just thought it was lovely to see and is an emotion that we haven't had for a long, long time. So yeah. uh, long may it continue. Just one thing for me, Patch. Did you, um, I mean, I, th- I think with the Pearson one, he actually says hallelujah when he, the, I the whistle I what he said, to be honest. Yeah, it's hallelujah, I think, from looking right. at it. Um, but did you spot the moment in the game, and I'm not sure, I think it was a pass, but where he berated Wells um, yes. for a pass. And Wells... Literally, he's he's finger pointing at Pearson, yeah. and then he's then talking to I don't know if it was Vyman or Martin about it, and and obviously was was affected by that for a few minutes. Um, do I like to see that? What it was, Wells had a shot from about forty yards when he shouldn't have shot. It was that one. Yeah, it was that one. It was a similar one to and Pearson um, shouted at him, yeah. and he turned round, and, and Wells sent said that's the first time and yeah. that's like I was yeah. like a five-a-side reference when I shoot from you know the other end yeah. of the pitch Joe always berates me for shooting yeah. from distance and not walking yeah. it into the net as we 
as we sometimes do. But um, I always say, that's my one. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's one of those moments that, that um, yeah, it, it showed again that Pearson's influence on the touchline, good or bad, needs to be there for me. Um, but it was interesting. I did, just didn't yeah. know if you yeah. saw it or not. Yeah, yeah no, it did. Yeah. It definitely did. Um, one thing I didn't pick up on was the attendance yesterday. Did anyone pick up on that? Didn't no, hear it. Didn't, didn't hear no. it mentioned. And and I, I struggled to find it. They never seem to put it. it on any of the sites now, do they? No, what I, can't it was. See, yeah. I can't see it on the stats on Sky or anything. But maybe we can no. find it by the end the of the papers podcast. This morning, nothing at all either. Really? Yeah. I, I, if I had to estimate, I'd say eighteen. Would you? Yeah. Trouble is, I can't yeah. see in the upper lands down from where I'm sat, so it's hard to to give a good estimate. But not even a quarter four, I don't think. No. Okay. Right. Come on to uh, the ratings now, Matt. I'm really interested to see where we're going with this on this game. So I was just looking to see if I could see the uh, the attendance. Um, yeah. So as as I often do, I've I've also had a look to see what um, what Gregor put and. I was thinking about this this morning um, in the shower. That yeah, yeah drawing <laughs> image. <laughs> but you, you've got to you've got to take the yeah. This is this is a rating on the performances, and you've got to take the win and the emotion of that out of the equation as well, because fundamentally it it was still a, a pretty poor performance. And Nigel Pearson said himself after the game, we didn't play well, we didn't do a lot of things very well. So I, I kind of need to be, and, and I found it quite difficult when I was looking at it. So mm. um, I expect a few challenges and, and some, some debate on it, really, just because the fact I, th I think it's a difficult one to score. So so for Dan Bentley, um, Greg has gone eight for Dan Bentley. Um, I'm not sure it was an eight performance. Um, I thought he made a couple of good saves. The one in the first half from Williams in particular, mm -hmm. um, certainly couldn't do anything with the goal. So... Um, you know, he, he actually came in punched a lot. So I, I kind of went six to start with. Arguably the seven, you know, might come into the equation with the, 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 the couple of saves he made. Um, but I'm expecting my keeper to save that. So that on, on that basis, I don't think he had lots to do. Mm. Um, but then you add in the, the vocal bit that Lee referenced after the goal. So maybe it's a seven. I think um, for me, it's a, it's a sure seven. I don't know about Lee. Sure seven for me as well, definitely. Same. Okay. Okay. I'll take that, so we'll go seven. George Tanner, um, a game with George, you, you, you can't keep making excuses for his age, but he is young. He's an experience at this level. He doesn't get tight enough, but some of his, his last-ditch defending, I thought yesterday in particular, was great. That header that you referenced was superb. So I went seven for George um, because I thought it was just, again, a, a, a moments of, of real defensive quality from him. He just needs to. They would need to work on that distance from yeah. the left with midfielder or whoever it is. Yeah, just giving him too much space. If he yeah. can sort that out, he still gets in a good tackle. Still really important going forward as well as going backwards. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'm six seven, so down to Lee on that. I think uh, I would go six only because okay. I thought he was a bit naive at times. But that last stitch. Uh, kind of header I thought saved him a bit for a six yeah. for me okay six for that um, Thomas Callas I thought was outstanding best player on the pitch for me um, great the to moment, hear him as well great to hear yeah, him yeah the moment where um, Atkinson went down I thought it was Callas and then I thought oh my god he's the last player we want coming off the pitch now um, I thought he was a colossal and 
again, I, I keep referencing Nigel Pearson's interview, but he said about um, Callas afterwards and, and how good he was, but also said, he spoke to me and said, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see the, 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 the player that you are. Um, and he, he said about the captaincy, maybe that had kind of weighed on him a little bit. But mm. yeah, so I've, I've gone eight for him. I haven't gone stupid. I've gone eight, um, but I thought he was man of the match. Yep, no no arguments from me on that. Yep, agreed. Um, Atkinson, again, I thought some some really good last ditch defending. Um, although he didn't get the challenging for the, for the you know, well, he did get a challenging on Cole at the end. So I think that added to Cole missing it. Um, he got caught a couple of times again, bringing the ball out. Um, for me, he was definitely culpable for the, their goal. Um, so I'm not going to go... I'll go six because I thought on the balance of play, the the negatives, he balanced with the positives. So I went six for Rob. Okay. Um, Cam Pring, I thought Cam was pretty steady. A um, couple of moments that, that he kind of... Across, he, he was defensively he kind of got back but there were again a couple of moments where he got caught on the ball his positioning he was too far in um so I went six for Cam could have been a, a five could have been a seven um but I went six for Cam. Lee any thoughts? Yeah no I agree I think um you know uh, Cam switched off a little bit recently for me I think he yeah. needs to kind of refocused that we started off so well and we thought I mean Gary Harris was talking about Cameron possibly playing in the Premier League one day mm. um I don't think he's quite there at the moment but um but he's he, been asked he, to go back into his more familiar left back role when he right. was more of a left winger wasn't he at the start of yeah. the season he was yeah but he puts a lovely ball in I often think if we you know if we were to buy a a good goal scorer in January I wonder how many we would score with his deliveries you know yeah. um but anyway so but I agree with with Matt pro- probably not enough though Lee in terms of yeah. his delivery when he's got that quality and also he came off early as well didn't he, he did. so I don't yeah. I don't think it was above that no Matty James I thought um kind of got on the ball and, and had a fair bit of the ball, but again, probably didn't do enough with what I'd expect. Um, and I'm kind of, I don't want to be overcritical, but I've gone five because I just feel that with his experience and quality that he's undoubtedly got, he should be doing more with what he's got. So I went five for May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he can deliver a good ball, can he? But, yeah. But, but it's, it's too infrequent at the moment. Yeah. Tyreek, um, I've gone six because I think coming in like he he did, um, and again he was one where I'm kind of going. Was it a five? Was it a seven? Was it a six? So I've gone six again. I want more from him, um, but his presence in the middle does give us something different. I think, and he does look to do the right thing. It's difficult to be overcritical. There were two or three passes that he tried to make that he overhit in the second half, but he's trying to make the right pass. And I always kind of look at it and go, you're trying to do the right thing. It doesn't come off sometimes, but he's trying to do the right thing. So I went six for Ty. I, I disagree with that. I think it's okay. definitely a five. Um, right, okay. On a number of occasions, he was too slow to close down. Um, that's not what I expect. Our expected performance is a six, and that's not what I expect from Tyreek, having seen what he can do. Yep. Obviously, great to get that shot away early doors, and you think, okay, this is going to see back Tyreek back, back to his best. But that wasn't back to his best for me. Yeah. I don't know what you think, Lee. He's just for me. He's got ability, but he's too cavalier, yeah. and uh, and I think he stands off sometimes. But when he gets involved, you know, he's definitely a seven. But 
I'd, I'd probably go five as well. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'll take that. I'll take that. I said, like I said, it was it this morning. I was just thinking there were so many of them that could have gone either way, and mm. the the win sticks in your mind when actually, like I said, it was a poor performance, wasn't it? Yeah. Andy Vyman, I've kind of got to go eight because he scores the two goals that get us the win. His energy was was unbelievable. Um, I don't think the two goals he scored were from chances that you would necessarily expect him to score both of those. So I've gone eight, but even with that, I'm thinking, mm, but could it have been a seven? But how does your match win and not, not get an eight almost really? Yeah, I think it's hard hard not to to score him a bit higher yeah. with the two goals because he's won us the game <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Naki Wells, who I've been, I think he's been our man of the match the last two games. Um, I didn't think was great yesterday. I thought his attitude wasn't what I would expect from from him. Um, so I went five for Naki. Um, yeah, blame me. This is, this is uh, very odd for us to disagree like this so much mm. on this podcast. I, I I thought Naki Wells was a spark. I thought obviously he set up the goal really well. Um, that shot that blazed over in the second half obviously didn't. Didn't um, you know cover him in glory? But I just liked I liked to have him on the pitch, and I think I, I thought the three of them worked really well together. in in a game where where I would like to have seen each of them pick up a goal, I think five's five too low for me. Missed missed the header that came across. Yes, yep. the, the 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 assist for the goal. But what else did he really do? In, in terms of the performances he's put in of late. So I'm not going to, it's a five yeah. for me. If it's, if it's okay. a six or Let's seven what for Lee, you, we'll see give what Lee Lee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a seven. I, I think I'm right. okay, a, you're a, six. A, a six, yeah. Okay. I think I would go a six as well, only because of his involvement in the goal. But a bit like you, Matt, I'd like to see him doing a little bit more, given his experience, a bit like Matty James, yep. grabbing hold of the game a bit more because he has got the experience. He's, he's not new to this uh, this game. But I would probably go a six because okay. of his involvement. Fine. Okay. And then Chris Martin, he makes the block that he makes. Um, didn't think he threatened the goal yesterday, but he also picks out a really good pass for Vyman. So on the basis of what you just said for, for Wells, it's got to be a six for, for me. Um, I wouldn't go beyond that. I, I don't still don't think the ball was being held up well enough and bringing others in. So yeah, it's a six. And Hanno Masengo. Sorry, yeah, missed Han. Um, so I've gone Callas and Vyman eight. Mm. I did also think Han was 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 brilliant. I'm not sure would I give him the same as Callas and Vyman. I don't know. So I, I, I'm going to go seven, but I wouldn't disagree with an eight if you went there. My only thing with on a poor performance, I'm not sure that three players out of that team are deserving. Yeah, of an eight. it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I, with you on that. I think it's somewhere in the middle. But if we're if we're yeah. out, outlawing seven point fives, it's one or the other. So well, you, you outlawed it. It's your rule. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Lee decide. I would go for a seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. E even that though, we've got quite a few sixes, quite a few sevens, a couple of eights. And that doesn't feel like quite a few sixes, a couple of sevens and a couple of eights performance, does it? And, and no. it, it's the win. And I think you have to, to use that anxiety. So I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what you said, but you could see what I meant about the difficulty of it because yeah. it was, you know, I think all of our, the lots of tweets. As, much, as much as you say at the start, you're not going to, we're not going to let the yeah. emotion of a win get in yeah. the way of the ratings. It kind of always yeah, you, does. You both have, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the result has certainly affected my rating. Of course. Yeah, of course it has. You yeah. know, I mean, if it was, say, 2-2 or we lost 3-2, uh, we were going fours and five. Like, yeah, and that's that's goes. that's yeah. football, isn't it? Of course, it, it is. is. Yeah, it is. yeah. Excellent. Okay, um, Nigel Pearson. Um, I'll go seven. Um, we got a win. I'm not yeah. sure he got everything right, but I'll go seven because, yeah, again, with for all the reasons that we've said before, and and clearly it meant a lot to him, and also. I did say um, he, he, he obviously came on to the pitch much further than he normally does and applauded the fans, so recognised that. There was a bit of me, and I did say to Treen next to me, oh, I'd quite like it if he would have sort of come down knee, to the corner in the section. And a knee slide or something. Well, no, yeah, how amazing <laughs> would that be? We've seen the scars on his knee, so he's not doing that. But um, I would quite like to have him, him to have come over to... Yeah, I completely agree. The, I said exactly, exactly this. Exactly but Treen said, yeah, but that's not him. And and no, I wouldn't, you know. So maybe that's the the romantic and and because of what it was, um, it would have been quite clever on his part as well. Because I think it's amazing the amount of support he still got, really, from what we're even after yesterday a poor performance, but it was a win. So that that for me, if he'd have done that, I'd uh, love to have seen that. I, yeah, it would have. Yeah. I, I think it's because we're used to it as City fans with yeah. managers that are much closer to the fans. And yeah. he always references the fans in his post-match interview yeah. of how, how you know, well they've sang and the support that you've got, the away support. But it's just that sort of final little bit. It's, to, it's just not his style though, is it? And you can't, you can't really be critical of it someone. Was, if, was it the Cardiff not... game where he sort of walked about 10 yards a bit further onto the pitch to, to applaud? Yeah. 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 Um, he, did he, he did come onto the pitch yesterday and he did a clap. But... Um, we're used to your Gary and Lee Johnson yeah, pumping fists. Yeah, yeah and well, Cots. Yeah, we, we've we've had that, haven't we? I mean, it's, it's but he's he's a little bit more measured with it, isn't he? So and the fact that we've won that game, obviously, it was nice to see that sort of relief and the arms spread wide with the "Are you not entertained?" gladiator pose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I I, I hung around because I wanted to just you know the players went on a, on a lap of honour more or less didn't they yeah yeah uh, as we said at the start and um, yeah I just thought Pearson might he might have got more of a more of a reaction yeah um, if he'd have done that but yeah well I'll take the win whatever don't matter um, fantastic okay so let's just comment on a few things that have happened at the club uh, in 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 and around the club in the last week or so. So we knew that Simpson was was on his way and given a given a good luck in your future endeavours. But we also thought that that Downing might follow, and that did happen. Um, so the exit of Downing and Simpson, we don't know the reasons really, other than it's you know just, just uh, shuffling the deck. Uh, great to see Alex Ball getting another opportunity um, that he had at the start of the season when when Simpson was out, but. Um, it's, it remains to be seen whether someone else will be brought in or not. We don't know. But I just want to get your opinion first, Lee, on the exit of Downing and Simpson. Uh, was it just that they weren't on the bus? Well, I'm going to quote um, something that Nigel Pearson had uh, said um, six months um, You know, went into his arrival. He said that uh, both um, the assistants, so Downing and Simpson, were very capable that was his uh, that was his word and then he if you remember simpson 
went off with some illness. Mm. Fleming was then brought in to be called the assistant. And then Simpson and Downing were renamed first team coaches. So I wonder if their nose were put out of joint. I wonder if this was the legacy of Holden and Ashton and so on. And this was going to be something that he wanted to do anyway. Um, and actually, I, I, um, I don't know if it's the right time to bring this up now, but I buy the Football League paper. And um, one of the uh, the writers in there, he's excellent, actually, Chris uh, Dunlavey. He's, he's really good at his writing. He's actually done a whole piece on Nigel Pearson and what's going on at Ashton Gate in a moment. And he was talking about how um, the, the, head, the headline is, um, it's Nigel's way or the highway for Robbins. And it seems to be that um, is at this point where Nigel Pearson is starting to wield the axe possibly a little bit. Um, and he's saying, look, if you are not on board, uh, you, you won't be part of um, the squad or the team. And he did actually reference the fact that uh, this could be players or staff. He, um, it's quoted in this article that um, this is Pearson's quote, they've chosen to settle with the club. That's their decision. The bottom line is that I don't want players at the club if they don't want to be here, likewise the staff. So so clearly um, they do feel possibly that they've been uh, edged out, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I think, you know, given that they were involved in England, they were actively recruited by Dean Holden and, and possibly Mark Ashton. Maybe um, Nigel Pearson saying that was part of, uh, a couple of seasons ago. Now I want my own staff in. Hmm. Uh, yeah, seems all viable, Matt. Yeah, it does. Um, and and let's be fair about it. We've we've over the last um, eighteen months not seen great football. So from a, from a coaching team point of view, um, it hasn't worked. Um, I genuinely thought when they were brought in alongside Dean Holden that it was probably a good move. Thought we would see lots of youngsters coming from Prem teams that they'd work with. That didn't come to fruition. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not overly surprised. We got to meet Keith Downing when we went to the HPC. Lovely guy. Yeah, um, gutted, obviously, gutted yeah. we didn't get him on. He had some great yeah, stories. Obviously very knowledgeable on the game. Um, but sometimes Sir Alex Ferguson used to do it all the time um, with his assistants and his coaching staff. You know, you, you want to change it up a little bit. It hasn't worked. So I'm, I'm not... Disappointed for them. I'm not disappointed for the club, um, but I do think they need to bring something else in. But maybe that is Alex Ball. Um, you know, he's got a very good reputation, so fingers crossed. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, and then finally, uh, Gregor. So Gregor has announced yesterday that he is leaving Bristol Live to go and do some freelancing stuff, but we don't quite know what. But um, I don't know how long it's been now for Gregor at Bristol in Bristol City Live, three five, or four? No, I think five, five, five years, years, something like wow. that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as much as we've been entertained by his uh, interviews with Nigel Pearson over the last, you know, year almost, um, he has been someone who's who's beat the drum for Bristol City and brought some really good stories. So, uh, yeah, best luck. Best of luck to Gregor, Matt. Massively, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times, Um We've had him on the pod, haven't we? Um, and he's, he's a nice guy, Gregor. Um, gets a, a lot of undue and unnecessary stick from, from City supporters. Um, he always calls it how he is. How it is. He, he will ask the questions that, that I almost cringe at, thinking there's no way you're going to get an answer there. You're just going to get a, bat, a battering from Nigeria. So there's a, an element of some, you know, you might might call that a bit of naivety, but 
he's doing his job. He's trying to get the 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 interviews. I hope I hope that it's it's kind of his decision and it's not a cost cutting or anything like that from a Bristol Life perspective, um, because we need that contact with the club. Um, so I hope that he is he's replaced from that perspective, um, because it's important that you've got a, a local journalist who's in and around the club. Absolutely. Um, Lee, any final thoughts from you on where where we are at the moment? Obviously, that was a massive, massive victory for us uh, yesterday. Um, in terms of league position, it puts us into... Uh, I just did have it there, 15th, but it's gone into 15th on yeah. the same 19 points, I think it is, on the same amount of points as Birmingham, who we play on Tuesday. Uh, literally one goal difference um, between us. We've both won five. We've both drawn four. We've both lost six. They're on minus three. We're on minus four. So we're in 15th position, which is uh, five points off the playoffs and yeah. 10 points off of the relegation zone. Pretty much expected where we were, where I thought we would be at the start of the season, to be fair. Well, given our finances, uh, given the situation that we're in, uh, we're probably where we should be. Um, I think uh, looking at the championship as a whole, it's no surprise that the top positions are taken up by Bournemouth, Fulham and West Brom. Um, maybe there's an, for another pod, um, the debate about um, uh, where finances come from in football. Um, because, you know, because those who come down tend to go back up again. It's Large, not a level playing field, Lee, is it? Not at all. No, not at all. And I think, you know, we, we're we're going to be around and about mid-table area. Um, I, I don't think we're any better than that. And I don't think we're any worse than that at the moment. I look at the, the teams in the league who are worse than us. Uh, I, you know, Hull aren't doing very well. Barnsley, as I said, aren't doing so well. Derby have, were, were starting off. Um, kind of in a difficult position anyway. Um, you know, Cardiff started really well, but fallen away. I, I just think that um, it's an interesting league, the championship. And I think, um, you know, some will win, some will lose. Obviously, there's a draw as well. But my point is, is that um, we shouldn't take the highs too high and we shouldn't take the lows too low. And I and I think Nigel Pearson, we, we mentioned earlier, the Nigel Pearson don't come along and do the fist pump and so on. I think he's very measured. He's been in the job a long time and he certainly doesn't take the highs too high and the lows too low. Um, I think we've got the right man at the helm. I really do. I think the fans are with him. I don't think they've turned on him. They turned on the players at West Brom a bit. Um, but I feel that this win now will hopefully give us some confidence. And going into work on Monday, whenever they go back to, to, to uh, into training, they're going to feel a little bit more confident. So I'm hoping... Mm that we can kick on from this. And we are where we should be at the moment, Pat. For, really. for me, it's massively important to get Joe Williams back in the team. I think when he was playing in those sort of three or four games on the banks that we saw from him, mm. everything was going through him. He was the he was the driving force. He was the energy. Um, and we were starting to play attractive football. Um, and yeah. I think... Yeah. I think hopefully I've seen that he could be back in the next two, three weeks, but let's hope that that is the case because we've got an international, another blooming international oh. break coming up, which winds me up. Um, but uh, yeah, if he can come back, if we can get, let's say three points out of the next two games, Birmingham away on Tuesday and then away to Coventry 
on Saturday will still be in and around that sort of mid-table position. And Joe Williams coming back in. Um, also, who else is coming back from Antoine? Antoine, Antoine, yeah. Antoine potentially. Nathan um, Baker, obviously, will we'll be. Yeah, back Nathan Baker. Yeah. Feel real sorry for for Andy King, who's got a, a bit of a long layoff um, with yeah. his injury, and and all the best to his recovery. But um, but yeah, it's it, it was end of the day, Matt, a massive win yesterday. It's that's that's how we need to end, isn't it? It, it was all about the win. Um, it the the performance was absolutely secondary. It was all about the win yesterday. Mm. Okay, the wheels keep spinning on to Birmingham on Tuesday um, and the podcast will be out Wednesday morning. So uh, big thank you to Lee. A closing thought from you? Yeah, just um, before I end, can I just um, thank both of you on behalf of the supporters because um, people I know who I sit around in the, in the uh, supporters club say what a fantastic job you do. And I know it's just not a uh, five-minute job putting things together. So can I just thank you both for what you do? And um, in addition, Matt, what you put in Bristol Live, people always agree with what you're saying. So so thank you very much. Um, can I also thank you for having me on? Now, for me, there were too many references to Strictly Come Dancing today. Um, today. It's too many references to Rick Astley, but gents, I will. I'm never going to give you up. <laughs> very good, very beautiful, good. beautiful. Yeah. And thank you, thank you to all the guests that come on and make the podcast what it is, Matt. Just, just, yeah, very much. And just on the Rick Astley front, I, I went um, to see him at Motorpoint Arena yesterday um, in Cardiff, and he was brilliant. Um, and it just made me think, you know, we're just crying out for something like that in Bristol. Um, so yeah, you know, let, let's hope that that's not too far away. Well, absolutely. Um, and on the regular show, we, we, we're doing some work with the YTL Arena over at the Brabazon. Um, so stay tuned to the regular podcast for some updates on that in the coming weeks and months. Uh, really exciting. We went to the hangar, saw the possibilities of what it what it's going to look like. And uh, it's really exciting. It's a long project to get it to the full village that it's going to become. But uh, yeah, some of the uh, the artist impressions and the graphics, it looks amazing. So, Matt, hopefully not too far away. Brilliant. Well, cry, cry for help if you need any help. <laughs> another rick ashley reference there yeah so so lee, lee messaged me yesterday and said should we get some uh, rick ashley uh, songs in and i said well i only know one um so thanks to lee for sending me a list of songs um which I, I think i started you only with know one. one you are joking well me. looking Joining through age. looking through the list obviously you know the never going to give you up became almost viral didn't it in the last yeah yeah, yeah 10 years but um I want together to forever she wants to dance with me <laughs> she wants to dance strong with me. strong man come on nah. so rich rich brown who's with me on the regular show he's uh he's got a few of these tracks and they would come on on the playlist now and again but um, ah, there you go yeah. but there we go that's uh, you know, let's you know what's on. playing birmingham tuesday night patch in the car uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully not hold me in your arms <laughs> Although, although I will be holding you in my arms if we score on Tuesday night. <laughs> and together forever, eh? So let's let's try um and move on to that. And Very good, yeah. We yeah. won't give up on love. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Top Take manly. Care. Take care. Bye. Bye.